Australia are closed today, but they are well and truly open in Japan. The Nikkei 225 is up a quarter of a percent, and they will reopen here in about an hour's time after the Christmas break, with the Hang Seng looking like it's going to add about 100 points or so at the open. In the commodities markets, Brent crude oil is trading at $50.95 a barrel. Gold is at $1,888 an ounce. In the currency markets, the US dollar is at 103.5 against the Japanese yen and at $1.35 against the British pound. Thank you very much for listening this morning. Do please stay tuned for Back Chat with Jim Gould and Mike Rouse this morning. The weather forecast for today, mainly fine and dry. The maximum temperature is going to be about 24 degrees. It's going to be mild during the day tomorrow, but then become appreciably colder on Wednesday. The temperatures are going to fall to around 8 degrees on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. The temperature right now out at the observatory is 20 degrees, 67% relative humidity. It's 8.31. Here's Samantha Butler with the half-hour news. Republican and Democratic lawmakers in the United States have urged President Trump to sign into law a bipartisan coronavirus relief package. Mr Trump, who's in Florida, has tweeted that he has good news on the bill but has given no details. Here's the BBC's Nomia Iqbal. President Trump, who is still angry about losing the election, is ignoring pressure from both parties to sign the bill, despite it being negotiated by his own Treasury Secretary. He says he wants Americans to get more individual payments and for foreign aid to be removed. As he plays golf, millions of Americans have now lost their unemployment benefits temporarily and also face being evicted from their homes. But there is a way to get around the president, a veto override. Congress would have to round up a two-thirds majority in the House and the Senate to get the bill through and enacted into law. The FBI says DNA recovered from the debris of the campervan that exploded in the city of Nashville on Christmas Day matches samples taken from the suspect's home. Police believe the man blew himself up deliberately outside a telecoms office, knocking out communications across the state and injuring three people. They say he appears to have acted alone. The FBI special agent in charge of the investigation, Doug Korneski, said it was too early to talk about his motive. Right now, we're looking at any and all possible motives. We're not at a position where we can speculate on that now. We are interviewing individuals that we've identified that are known to the suspect. Uh, we are also asking the public to, uh, if they know him, they know I've spoken to him or know his ideology or anything that might have motivated him, we're interested in speaking to you. So, again, we're looking for those tips. Extreme weather over the past year has been blamed for causing thousands of deaths and huge financial losses. The charity Christian Aid has detailed 10 extreme events in 2020, six of them in Asia. Here's the BBC's Matt McGrath. While the world has been struggling to get to grips with the coronavirus pandemic, millions of people have also had to cope with the impacts of extreme weather events. In China, long-term flooding caused over $30 billion worth of damage between June and October this year. Floods also caused major problems in India, with around 2,000 deaths and $10 billion in financial losses. Africa was also on the receiving end, with massive locust swarms ruining crops and vegetation. Christian Aid says that climate change is a common factor in all these events, which will continue to grow in scale in the years ahead. You're listening to the news on RTHK.
Good morning and welcome to Back Chat. I'm Jim Gould and your co-host today is Mike Rouse. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Jim. So uh, today we're talking about, uh, guess what, uh, progress in the fight against COVID-19. New travel restrictions are in effect uh, here and elsewhere against uh, people coming from the United Kingdom following the emergence of that new and more infectious strain of the coronavirus. At the same time, mass vaccination programmes are getting underway in many countries around the world. But in the meantime, social distancing requirements remain in place. So how soon is it likely to be before we can return to some form of normality, uh, which is something that we all wish for? What do you think about the current situation? How was your Christmas affected? Get involved. You can leave a message on our Facebook page, Backchat on RTHK Radio 3. You can email us at backchat at rthk.hk or give us a call on 233-88266. And we're uh, joined uh, on the line this morning um, by Dr Arisina Ma, who's president of the Hong Kong Public Doctors uh, Association, and we'll have uh, uh, further guests uh, later on after nine o'clock. Uh, just before we get to uh, Dr Arisina Ma, uh, just a reminder that our Back Chat Person of the Year uh, 2020 nominations are, are all in. The list is there on our website. Uh, ten nominations. Uh, you're free uh, to vote for your choice. Uh, quickly to run through them from one to ten. We've got uh, Peter Choi, who's a, a veteran of the Battle of Hong Kong in World War Two, who died uh, this year. Um, not all of the nominations are actual people, because uh, second on the list is the Funling Golf Course. Um, number, number three is uh, Dr. Chuang Shuk Kwan, the head of the Centre for Health Protection's uh, Communicable Diseases Branch, who's uh, on the TV uh, most afternoons giving an update on the coronavirus situation. Number four, uh, unknown cleaners who've been keeping Hong Kong clean and safe. Uh, next, uh, Professor Benjamin Cowling, who's an epidemiologist at the University of Hong Kong, a, a regular guest on this programme. Um, also, um, Apple Daily, the popular newspaper, which has been in the news itself a lot this year. Um, David Webb, shareholder, activist and commentator. Uh, Carrie Lam, the chief executive. Uh, Carrie Lam, chief executive, always uh, on the list for Backchat uh, Person of the Year. Um, Frontline health workers in Hong Kong. And finally, uh, Nabella Kosa, an RTHK reporter who's uh, also uh, been in the news this year. Um, so, um, Dr. Arasina Ma, President of the Hong Kong Public Doctors Association, good morning to you. Good morning. Thank you very much for joining us. Uh, um, mm -hmm. How are we doing with the coronavirus? How, how are the hospitals doing with it? Um, it's, it's really unlucky that we got a uh, maybe a second uh, quite a large outbreak inside the hospital uh, in, in last week. Uh, it is uh, quite devastating, especially for the United Christian Hospital, a very busy hospital in the Kowloon East region. And also Kowloon East region, uh, we have many community cases and many buildings in that region need to under quarantine and many tests need to be done. So uh, although uh, we can see that the number of newly uh, confirmed community, case community cases seems going down, but unluckily we have the first, um, maybe the second uh, so a large outbreak inside our public hospital. Is it, is it uh, affecting the operations of the hospital? Definitely. 
definitely, because um, this happened in a medical ward, uh, the busiest department uh, during uh, this time, and also uh, those healthcare workers uh, are those taking care of all those um, uh, emergency medical admission as well as the uh, COVID cases. Uh, this time, uh, the the uh, the outbreak has happened in a general medical ward, uh, not in a COVID ward. And uh, those uh, healthcare workers are those have, uh, are taking care of general medical patients. And there are no uh, high risk procedures being done uh, for that patient, but just generally uh, general nursing care, and they get infected because this is uh, that patient was a silent cases, and he uh, supposed she may she might be a, a super spreader. This is uh, good morning, Doctor Ma. This good is the, the United Christian Hospital one is getting all the publicity at the moment, but this is not the first time, is it, for one of our hospitals to suffer a, a mini? Um, yes, um, yes. If we recall, there may be another outbreak earlier this year in Queen uh, uh, Elizabeth Hospital. Um, also an elderly lady uh, who are first, same, similar to this case, is not admitted for a pneumonia, but later confirmed to have uh, COVID. And at that time, she only spread to uh, the neighborhood patients, uh, but no healthcare workers get uh, infected by her. But uh, unluckily this time, we got seven healthcare workers, mainly are nursing healthcare workers, uh, being infected by this uh, super spreader. Were they, were they medical personnel not wearing uh, masks and other forms of PPE? Um, no, um, I would like to clarify that some uh, postulate maybe our colleagues ha uh, ha has not followed the, uh, the, the protection restriction or regulation, but I would like to say that um, most of the colleagues have followed the regulation uh, laid down by the authority well. Uh, in the general medical ward for non-high-risk procedure, we all wear surgical masks all the time, uh, but for the patient, uh, especially for the, uh, that patients or other patients in that ward who are quite ill, sometimes they may not able to wear their pop, uh, surgical mask properly. Uh, our uh, staff, when they uh, um doing certain kind of nursing care, for example, uh, cleaning the patients uh, or bathing for them, they will wear the protective garment. Um, Sometimes they will uh, uh, wear the facial uh, when they uh, feed the patients, but if it's a very brief moment, they may not. But uh, most uh, most of the staff, they have followed the regulation and of uh, protection laid down by the authority well. Right. Some of the patients, I think, were in the palliative care ward. Mm. Those people, of course, are already very vulnerable. Yes, you're right. Um, it's... It's sad to say that they're probably on their way out anyway. Um, yes, you are right. Uh, those patients in the palliative ward, they are quite ill, um, and so they do need quite uh, a lot of nursing care. Sometimes their uh, 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 last uh, period of life is not just a couple of days. They can be quite frail and ill and stay in the palliative ward uh, for like um, in terms of weeks. And that's why... Uh, that's why they have spent time with the super spreader for quite a while. And finally, the, all the palliative care patients in the same cubicle get infected by that super spreader. Where are we on vaccines now? Um, 
Actually, um, since last week, we got more and more information about the three vaccines and also uh, the, the, the outcome of those uh, vaccination programs in Western countries. Definitely, we see that um, both the Moderna and also the Pfizer vaccine will have, will have uh, allergic response in a very small number of people. Uh, we find that um, uh, a, a handful of cases of severe allergy for both of them. And also, we got some new data for the uh, Conovax vaccine, the, uh, the vaccine produced by the company Sinopharm in mainland. Uh, but um, since that, uh, we're still waiting for the formal uh, phase three study publication for that vaccine. Uh, that, for that vaccine, the uh, efficacy seems quite variable in, um, uh, in different countries. Seems quite high in Indonesia or in Turkey, but the result in uh, uh, Brazil uh, uh, seems not uh, quite consistent with the, those in Indonesia and Turkey. So we probably we need to wait for the uh, uh, formal publication of the phase three study. Right. So, so do you know what sort of timeline we're looking at for uh, for for here for Hong Kong uh, for people to get vaccine? Um, um, as the uh, uh, as the expert said that uh, uh, the 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 uh, if, uh, the sino uh, the Conovac vaccine may come uh, late, uh, so um, if the government uh, the, uh, the the major uh, uh, purchase is the uh, Conovac vaccine, so our mm. program may delay. I'm not sure uh, they do with the BioNTech. If the BioNTech will able to uh, uh, ship to us on time, maybe we can start our vaccine. Nation uh, program on time in January, but if we really rely on uh, mostly on the Conovac vaccine, quite likely we will delay our vaccination program. Now, Pete, there's always some sort of reaction, isn't there, to new vaccines? Mm. Yes, a very small percentage, as, as yes. you mentioned. Do we have any uh, numbers yet on what percentage of people might react quite badly? Um, actually, um. For the uh, for the Pfizer vaccine, uh, I hope I remember well. The phase phase three study, they don't have much uh, severe uh, reaction to it. Uh, seems like the latest uh, uh, alert uh, is only happened in this large uh, number of vaccination program recently, and they seems like they are not uh, really uh, allergic to the. Um, major component of the vaccine rather than they are allergic to one of the um, uh, material they used uh, in the vaccine in order to stabilize the vaccine one of the uh, that maybe as i remember called pcr so it's uh, one of the uh, chemical right. uh, for the uh, for the uh, astrazeneca vaccine the oxford one um in their phase three study they have uh, uh, several cases of transverse myelitis uh, it's a kind of inflammation uh, uh, disease of our spinal cord and central nervous system. It can be quite a severe one, uh, 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 disease. So um, that's why we also need to pay attention to that. Right. What do you think the government uh, seems to be moving towards giving people a choice of vaccine here? I know Macau already has said that. Okay. But uh, initially the government was saying no uh, you've got to have a choice of where to get vaccinated or something. Where, where are we? Is that now? Actually, uh, I don't know the detail of their of their arrangement, but it seems that um, they maybe at one moment different centre are giving different vaccines. The 
uh, our citizen can register in different centers according to their own preference. But we are not sure whether if the uh, maybe some centers get overcrowded, uh, will the patient being uh, 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 being forcefully shipped to other center? So that means they cannot choose. Or um, at one moment, they only provide one vaccine. And if you don't like it, you need to wait for some other time. Uh, we are not sure about it. But right. I think it is better than no choice. So we have an email kind of uh, on that uh, subject uh, from Matthew. A number of emails which we'll read out uh, during the programme, actually. But this one from Matthew says, uh, he frames it like this, quick test of patriotism for listeners, hosts and guests. If you had a free choice, which COVID vaccine would you choose? Number one, Sinovac from the mainland at an efficacy of over 50%. Two, AstraZeneca at 74% efficacy. Three, Pfizer at 94% efficacy. Um, are those, uh, uh, Dr. Ma, are those figures, do, do they tally with uh, your understanding? Uh, about my personal choice, of course, the uh, efficacy is, is always the, uh, one of the very important factors, but um, the safety issues is also another factor. Um, um, of course, I still see whether there are many, many uh, get um, allergic uh, response and anaphylaxis for the uh, uh, BioNTech vaccine, the Pfizer one. If the number is not uh, very uh, large, I think I personally, I may prefer the uh, Pfizer BioNTech one. All right. And we may have that choice um, according to the clinic where we register to get the vaccination in effect. So if the different clinics have different vaccines yes seems to be but but um, no we don't have the detail of the program so we right. still need to wait for the government uh, information based on the government's performance so far how how confident do you feel about the va uh, vaccination program um I think, first of all, uh, we really need to get the latest information from an update from the pharmaceutical company, whether they can produce all the vaccine and ship to us uh, uh, securely. Um, as the, you may have heard that there is the latest news about uh, uh, shipping of the BioNTech vaccine in Germany. They may not, because it needs to be shipped and stored in an extremely low temperature. They have some accident about it. So um, there's still so many uncertainties about the manufacturing as well as the shipping. So keep fingers crossed we can get the vaccine on time. Right. Now, I'm worried about the after effects of the winter solstice uh, celebrations because it is a big uh, affair for Chinese families. Yeah, yeah. And, um, Christmas also. Well, Christmas too. Uh, not, yeah. I mean, not... Yeah, right. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, and we, we, are we in danger of having a surge in the next week or so? Definitely. Uh, as what um, the, we have been told yesterday in the press conference by the CHP, uh, Dr. Dr. Chen Chukwan, actually there has already seen some cases of uh, uh, maybe second or third generation spread uh, among family members who gather during the Christmas or maybe the, um, uh, the, the Chinese celebration for the win start of the winter. So, um, yes, uh, we may uh, expect there are cases come in the uh, coming one to two weeks, especially after the uh, Christmas and New Year celebration. Right. And, of course, coming up in January is the, is the Lunar New Year. Uh, yes, the Lunar New Year will be in, as I remember, sometimes of February. So, 
Uh, I hope that the disease will under control at that time. Yes, it's going to be a race, isn't it, to get the vaccine out and the people <laughs> vaccinated uh, before they all get together in very big uh, family clusters. Um, um, definitely, I, I think I, I must uh, uh, stress, uh, em uh, emphasize that please don't uh, loosen your uh, protection uh, sense after you get the vaccine. The vaccine is not going to work a couple, several weeks after the injection. And also there is no 100% advocacy. From uh, up to now, uh, most of the vaccine only show that they can um, prevent severe reaction after the infection. But no vaccine can show any efficacy about transmission among silent carriers. So please, uh, no uh, social gathering and please wear your mask even after you get the injection. So after, even after you yourself are sort of protected, could you still be passing the virus to others? Um, actually, they're, they're, uh, they, they have not get any uh, scientific data. Whether uh, you get the vaccine, you may still got silent infection, and you may still able to share off some virus and infect the others. Uh, to be honest, there for the, all the vaccines, they don't show any data that they can prevent silent transmission. Hmm. And these vaccines uh, all require two injections. Is that right? Yes, you're right. Mm. Uh, for first injection, you may not able to get the full immune response afterward. Uh, usually, you need to get the full immune response after several weeks after the second injection. So even after, well, if, say, they're three weeks apart, so even after the second injection, you would say that people have, have still got to, you know, wear a mask, or avoid crowds, uh, be careful, that sort of thing? Um, personally, I would like to recommend you to keep wearing masks and social distancing uh, in the coming few months. Mm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the, it's, the vaccines are good, but they're not a silver bullet. Yes, that's right. Mm. Um, there's another interesting uh, development, uh, Dr. Ma, perhaps I can ask you about. Um, it, it seems that over the past few days, uh, so the Health Secretary, uh, Sophia Chan, has said that the, um, the government started uh, testing, uh, it's been in testing imported frozen food and, okay. uh, and packaging um, because of, uh, it's, it seems that... Um, well, reports from the mainland said this could have caused uh, the coronavirus to get into the country. Uh, uh, do you know much about that? Um, actually, there are several incidents uh, we can able, we are able to uh, isolate or uh, uh, get uh, the, those uh, virus, still active virus in the frozen food. And actually, in uh, New Zealand, they may have cases that may be uh, related to uh, they are the uh, hand, after handling the frozen food, they are the worker of the uh, supermarket or. Uh, I'm not sure, factory, and they get infected. And since the only source of infection is handling those uh, imported frozen food. So um, it's likely that uh, the virus is able to uh, stay uh, alive in a, a very cold environment for a long while. So, um, yes, and especially in Hong Kong, we got many frozen food uh, imported, uh, like uh, frozen uh, pottery imported from Brazil or other quite uh, a, a country with a high incidence of uh, infection. So, first uh, I, I, I really support the government to take this action of testing all those uh, imported frozen food, especially, I, I, actually, I hope that they can do it earlier. Yeah, because in, in New Zealand had no community trans, transmission for a long, long time, about 90 days, a 90-day period, mm. something like that. And then, and, then, yes. and, and then suddenly suddenly there was a, another 
<clears throat> outbreak of the virus in Auckland, I think. Um, yes. Um, uh, uh, Sophia Chan did say that uh, all the testing done on frozen food here so far had come back uh, negative. Um, so perhaps it's not that much of a serious threat? Um, yes, I think maybe this is not the major source of transmission, but it can happen once for a while. So uh, the government should do the random testing or regular testing for a longer period of time, especially the pandemic has not yet been controlled in most of the resident countries. Right. Is there any difference or any new information on which surfaces can keep the virus alive? Is any difference between metal or wood or uh, cloth? Um, sorry, I don't have this information, but I remember there may be study have a con uh, there are groups that conducted uh, this kind of study, but personally I don't have this information at this moment. It sounds from... Sorry, Dr. Marvin. It sounds that... It, Irrespective of how quickly we roll out the vaccine and how, however many of us are willing to be vaccinated, we're still several months away from uh, life returning to normal. Uh, I, uh, I think that if you're looking for normal that uh, similar to what happened in 2019 or 2018, uh, loads of traveling, gathering, definitely it will not happen in the first half year of 2020. Uh, hope, uh, hopefully we can have a bit more gathering, more contact in the later half of 2020. But I don't think yeah. we can. Yes, I don't think we can back to normal in a very soon period of time. Mm. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> And on that cheery note, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm sorry to, 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 to have this prediction. I think yeah. what, there is a concern here. I mean, I was telling Jim before we came on the air that our family did a global link-up via Zoom. And uh, don't want to upset your our listeners, but that means Rouse is in several different continents. We're all looking at each other and talking to each other, and that was great. But it's no substitute, is it, in the long term for getting on an aeroplane? We, we, we suffer from cabin fever in Hong Kong. We're a small city. We like to get out and, and stretch our legs in a different country or a different environment. Yeah, every few months, usually. Every few months. Yeah, yeah, we and we're just, yeah. we're just not doing that. We're not able to do it. Uh, yes, uh, traveling abroad is uh, really a big problem. You can see that uh, more and more cities, uh, countries are actually closing their border, uh, like Japan or Korea. Uh, they are closing the border recently for the uh, visitor. So um, hope that um, maybe they will open up uh, uh, for a, a very limited session uh, later, uh, maybe in the uh, late couple of months later. But. Um, Yes, um, with the new strain and the mutation, it may happen even later. So all the talk of bubbles been put on the shelf for the time being? Um, I think most of the bubbles have burst out already. <laughs> <laughs> Dr Ma, when, when the vaccines uh, do become widely available, do you think uh, uh, most people there, most of the population will be uh, ready and willing to take them? Because, uh, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, in certain parts of the world, uh, there's a lot of, uh, of scepticism, a lot of conspiracy theories get circulated on social media and so on, and then, and then you know, local and national leaders have to appeal to, the, to their populations 
uh, please don't you know believe everything that you read um uh, are we are we prepared is the population prepared to um to accept a mass vaccination program uh actually it's difficult to predict um anti-vaccination uh, people are always around, uh, no matter the new vaccine or the traditional one. Uh, in Hong Kong, the anti-vaccination group is not as big as the Western country. Uh, but uh, for new vaccine, usually the acceptance is lower than the traditional one. So it also depends on how the government um, uh, uh, run the vaccination program. Uh, do they have a, a, a reasonable program? Do they um, introduce the program? program to the, uh, our uh, citizen properly if the uh, is the arrangement that sounds uh, favorable to our citizen so it's difficult to tell but um, um, I think um, providing uh, 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 choices for the, our citizen and also providing um, uh, appropriate enough uh, scientific data reasoning and uh, material information is uh, the only thing we can do to persuade our uh, citizen to uh, accept the vaccine we've seen uh, overseas leaders uh, being first to take the needle I, Joe Biden was on the on the TV sets uh, over the weekend I think and uh, uh, in other places, similar political Mike, leaders. Mike Pence earlier. Yeah, yeah are we yeah. going to... Yeah. Uh, is that a model for us, do you think? <laughs> First of all, um, we need to see whether our political leader is a popular one. Um, currently, sorry, I don't find a very popular political leader in Hong Kong at this moment. At least for myself. So um, I'm not sure whether our political leader... Uh, in in injective birth with the is a good way to for the uh, for the uh, promotion. And secondly, I think nowadays uh, uh, most Hong Kong people uh, they believe in the in the individual thinking and decision. So okay. I don't think they just get in fact uh, injected because we saw someone get injected. Um, okay. I think okay. better oh, to so, give a good reasoning for them. Okay. Thank you very much for joining us, uh, Dr. Ma. We're coming up to the nine o'clock news. Uh, uh, stay with us. Uh, we'll speak to you again um, in the future no doubt. Thank you. Uh, the quick look at the weather. It's going to be mainly fine and dry. Top temperature today around 24 degrees. Uh, the outlook still mild uh, during the day tomorrow, but becoming cold on Wednesday. Currently 20 degrees, humidity 64%. A new coronavirus variant referred to as 501v2 is believed to be driving the surge in infections. It was discovered by a network of South African scientists who first identified it in the country's Eastern Cape province, and it rapidly spread to other parts of the country. You're listening to the news on RTHK. And welcome back to Back Chat uh, with Mike Rouse and me, Jim Gould. And this morning, uh, we're talking about progress in the fight against COVID-19, um, the prospects of a vaccine rollout, um, travel restrictions still with us. Um, we're joined uh, on the line for this half hour um, by Dr Alvin Chan, who's co-chairman of the Advisory Committee on Communicable uh, Diseases uh, with the Hong Kong Medical Association, and also uh, Joseph Lee, uh, former healthcare sector lawmaker. Um, just before uh, we come to uh, both of our second-half guests, uh, just a reminder that um, at the moment uh, we have our, our back chat um, person of the year um, up and running, which you are invited uh, to vote for. Go to the Radio 3 homepage 
Um, look for the link, uh, follow it. You'll be able to vote uh, for one of ten choices. They're not all a people themselves. Um, um, a couple of them are uh, other entities. Uh, but the list is like this. Um, Peter Choi, who's a veteran of the Battle of Hong Kong in World War II, who died in 2020. Uh, the Funling Golf Course. Dr. Chuang Shuk Kwan, the, the head of the Centre for Health Protection's Communicable Diseases branch. Uh, the Unknown Cleaners, who keep Hong Kong clean and safe. Professor Benjamin Cowling, uh, epidemiologist from the University of Hong Kong. Apple Daily, the newspaper which has been in the news itself a lot this year. David Webb, shareholder, activist and commentator. Chief Executive Carrie Lam, frontline health workers uh, in Hong Kong who've been uh, striving to keep everybody safe. And also uh, Nabella Kosa, an uh, RTHK reporter on the uh, TV side who's also been in the news uh, herself. Um, so please uh, go to the Radio 3 homepage, um, look at the list, uh, make your choice, and the result will be announced um, next Monday. Did you mention Apple Day? December the 4th, yes. You did, okay. Sorry, it's January the 4th, not December the 4th, next Monday, <laughs> next Monday, January the 4th. Hugh Chiverton will be back and he will let uh, everybody know um, who's topped our list for Back Chat Person of the Year. Um, so uh, back to our main topic. Um, the efforts to um, overcome the fourth wave of the coronavirus. Um, Dr. Alvin Chan, maybe if we could uh, start with you. Um, yes, good morning. Good morning, good morning. Um, now, um, I, I understand that uh, one of the points that you make is that um, face masks, which we've talked about a lot, face masks, um, uh, the use of face masks, oh, yes. uh, is very important and effective, but not everybody is using them uh, properly. Exactly. Uh, uh, although there's a mandatory um, face mask regulation, uh, but then how we put on the face mask and how we handle uh, masking and how do we demask ourselves, uh, these are very important issues. Failing these uh, procedures, then it is futile effort to put on face masks. And so I think um, we could just... Uh, see um, very often those celebrities or our leaders, the politicians, putting on a face mask before the camera, They how they just uh, put their fingers on their face mask while wearing the face mask are just uh, defeating the purpose because um, by touching the face mask, our uh, fingers will be contaminated by the droplets on the face mask. And our fingers touching our eyes, our face, you know, these are the uh, gestures that we, everybody would have. And uh, it's quite unavoidable. And uh, so we must uh, build up the habit not to touch the face mask with our fingers. If we have done so, we must use the alcohol sanitizer to disinfect our fingers immediately. Otherwise, uh, we will be infected. We just, uh, if you remind yourself after seeing the TV news clips or the YouTube news clip, how uh, President Trump and President-elect Biden had often touched their own face mask and then touched their own face or eyes, and then they hold on the mask, the mask themselves, and then put into the pocket, and yes, Use, use their same fingers 
to touch their lips and then blow a flying kiss, <laughs> etc. <laughs> These are the gestures that will betray ourselves and the, the masking will become useless to you, prevent the infection. I mean, you but see, but yeah. this is very important mm. that uh, we have to learn and form a habit not to do so. Otherwise, uh, universal masking is futile. You see a lot of people walking around with a, with a mask around their chin or sort of below, below, yes. below not covering their nose. And <laughs> um, yeah, yes. uh, uh, and and I, I, people I pull the mask down to I smoke also, and that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't want to offend our friends who smoke. Uh, we respect they still have their, they have their rights, of course. But just around the corners, everywhere in the street. Now the people are not smoking around the uh, smoking rubbish bin. They, they are just uh, uh, smoking everywhere and uh, with the mask uh, around the neck, as you said. Because the neck is somewhere that could also have the droplets landed on from other people. And these droplets potentially could have virus there. And when the mask was put on the neck, then of course the inside of the mask will be contaminated by the droplets on the neck. And then we, we put it onto the face. And exactly those droplets from the neck would move to the inside of the mask mm. and would contaminate our face. Dr. Again, that would Dr. Chang, how, yes, yes. how realistic is it that seven and a half million people could all be handling these masks properly. I, I remember when the subject of masks first came up that we were told the reasons for wearing them, number one, you protect yourself, although that argument seemed to drop later, you're actually protecting other people. And secondly, yeah. wearing a mask would deter people somehow from touching their eyes and face. But everywhere you go, on the MTR and everywhere else, people are always touching their mask. Exactly. Um, uh, it's, they're not deterred from doing it by wearing one. They're all doing it. So how... Uh, we can't have training programmes, can we? Telling everyone, yes. this is how you should wear a mask, this is how you should take it off. But that's the problem of the fatigue. I think at the beginning, there are always um, TV uh, or uh, the news clips or in the uh, YouTube clips that teach people how to handle the mask. But as time goes on, people will forget and subconsciously will manipulate the man again. And uh, we have to remind everybody constantly, um, continuously or continually. So uh, I think that's, that's the only way. Just like the mutation of the viral gene, uh, this um, mutation of the way in handling our mass sometimes will uh, uh, betray ourselves when we forget uh, the, the, the meaning of putting on the mask is to protect us from getting the virus from around us. When we've touched the uh, mask uh, with our fingers, then we have already, uh, you know, um, make us the victims of our, of our uh, um, careless uh, behavior. But that is important. Uh, um, otherwise, uh, universal masking uh, is not a protective means anymore. But from the scientific researches in the past, at the earlier phases of the uh, pandemic, um, places with uh, masking really have uh, universal masking have a much better outcome than places not having universal masking. 
and this has been proven by scientific studies that is true. But uh, with the fatigue going on after such a long time, and those people would still like to have uh, social interaction, would like to breathe fresh air. So just uh, so uh, for the past few holidays, uh, when I go to the park, we just see many people running around and having exercise, uh, physical activities, without a mask on, which is allowed. All right, but that is something that uh, we have to have a balance. Whether we really want a stringent uh, masking uh, phenomenon in our society and keep it, or we have to allow many exceptions. Uh, say having running around, uh, having exercise is one exception on uh, the uh, masking rule. So uh, we have to decide for ourselves. Okay, uh, we have a, a, another email here, and then uh, perhaps put some of these points uh, uh, to Joseph Lee. Um, this uh, one from Jürgen says, uh, Dear Backchat team, if you have a chance, please get a reply from the relevant authorities uh, on these questions. Uh, one, we're being informed that the absolute majority of transmission is from local sources, so why is it a priority to extend the quarantine in hotels to 21 days? As far as I know, most other countries oblige arriving residents and visitors to self-isolate at home for 10 days. Two, also we're informed that about uh, half of the local transmission cases are untraceable what is being done to trace all cases. Three, we understand and appreciate the social distancing measures to prevent the spread of the virus, but why do restaurants need to close by 6pm? Longer opening hours would in fact contribute to less congestion in catering outlets and public transport, and this would undoubtedly increase the happiness factor. Why are beaches closed? We note that guards are employed to stop anyone from entering the beach area, and this is the cooler month of December. Why is swimming in the ocean not permitted? The risk of more than two persons gathering here is non-existent. I suggest that concentrating time and efforts on items two and three would be a sensible way to reduce the transmission rates. That's from uh, Jürgen. Um, so, Joseph Lee, you're a former healthcare sector lawmaker. Uh, you um, probably have a, a, a better understanding of the thinking of the uh, administration on these points. Um, so, what do you think about those cases, those points that Jürgen makes? Well, good morning. Well, it's just mentioned by one of the audience that the, um, all the strategies um, from the government in fighting against the virus, I think, is, is rather inconsistent, non-focused and non-targeted. Um, so probably the government all, um, previously announced that as far as the quarantining scheme is concerned, for hotel, well, uh, previously is uh, 14 days and up to 21 day now, probably, or, or, or might be in 28 days. All that is, all these kind of measures reveal that uh, uh, I think the government, the, the related bureaus and secretaries, um, really don't know exactly what happens. As one of the audience wisely pointed out, that most of the uh, infectious cases are local, so from local source, and probably half of them, or 50 of percent of them, are untraceable. So, or, or will this measure be effective? The government don't, don't uh, I don't think the government uh, really uh, know what is really happening as far as community outbreak is concerned. And all these measures will not uh, gain the confidence and trust for the public, and so uh, it, it, it doesn't help in fighting against the fourth wave of this outbreak. Uh, Joseph, I, one thing occurs to me that in the first few weeks you expect a bit of chaos uh, when something new happens like this. 
but we're now almost a year in, into yes. the pandemic. How, how come we are still failing on such basic things? Well, what, what I can see is, uh, you just rightly um, point out that it has been a year for us for fighting against the pandemics, well, not just a community level, but also in the public hospital level. And uh, the government seems uh, rather fatigued in helping us to fight against the virus, especially the fourth wave. And it's, it's not something new. And looking at uh, all, ha uh, all the happens uh, in around, uh, around us, like Singapore, Macau, and Taiwan, even in um, China, well, they, they do it widely. And most of the uh, strategies that try to prevent the spreads and try to prevent the outbreak is very targeted. And see our Hong Kong government. And then, it seems that some of them are pointless and, and are also wandering around and not, uh, not uh, just trying to hit the bush, but it's not really hitting the bush. And all these measures, it's not um, preventing uh, another outbreak. And, and I think the fourth outbreak uh, is quite um, alarming at this stage. And as you can see, it's been uh, more than uh, uh, three weeks. And the fourth outbreak is still lingering on. And after public, after even uh, after these um, public or long public holidays, people might might uh, think that well, there may be uh, another surge of the infection cases. Uh, especially, we can see now in most of public hospitals, they are now facing either the uh, the um, source of infection is community bringing into the hospital, or even in hospital infections that occur in the United Christian Hospital Group. That is really alarming. But unfortunately, I, I think the, the government, especially those uh, related bureaus, does not uh, do the right things. Okay, uh, we have a, a caller on the line. Good morning. Good morning. Could you please, uh, yeah, please introduce yourself and go ahead. Yeah, good morning. It's, it's Nigel, and um, I'm ringing regarding a, a trip I had yesterday uh, to Tai Tong Shan, uh, just above Yuenlong. And it was very nice, beautiful, but my word, it got crowded. And the police were there, the Akron Fish were there, all trying to actually get people to uh, keep apart. And they were doing a good job, but they really were defeated by the crowds. But mm. the thing that made it worse was the bus routes that the two bus routes were shuffling people in to the area, over 100 people on each bus, so they're standing room only. And, of course, they were bringing in each time a couple of hundred people being disgorged into this one area. So, on one hand, they're saying, right, you know, keep apart, not more than two people. And on the other hand, you've got over 100 people on a double-decker bus. So, <laughs> it's a slightly strange situation. I think... You know, for areas like that, they need to either regulate the buses and slow down the buses coming in, or even limit the number of people on the bus, like you have in London, uh, where you only have 30 people maximum um, on a bus. And, and could you see that there were groups of uh, more than two people together? <laughs> Not intentionally. Um, the, the people were trying hard uh, to um, keep apart, and the police and agricultural fisheries were reminding everybody but the problem was they had to stand on a bus for quite a long journey to get there. So it really defeats the object of them being just two people uh, when there's actually a hundred of people on the bus. So, so, so uh, were, they, were, were, these, uh, were, were they sightseers, uh, hikers? What were they doing? All. Mm. Everybody. Uh, mm. There's there a lot of domestic helpers. Obviously, it's a Sunday. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of people coming up to see the red leaves on the uh, gum trees up there. Uh, there were cyclists and, uh, and hikers as well.
So, yeah, hundreds of people, if not thousands. Mm. Isn't that um, part of yeah. life, Nigel, in, in Hong Kong? That, mm. that come the weekend, you want to get out and get some fresh air? It's it, just... uh, no, exactly. And, and what I'm saying is, this is probably safer to be on the hillsides with the fresh air, but the trouble is to get there, <laughs> you put yourself at <laughs> higher risk by being on a very crowded and quite a slow uh, bus uh, from from your long to get there. Mm. Um, so, yeah, on one hand, you know, we're saying, yeah, please sit two people apart in the country parks, make sure you wear your masks, but then we pack everybody onto a bus <laughs> <laughs> to get them there in the first place. Okay, okay. Well, thanks very much for your call, uh, okay. Nigel. Um, um, uh, Dr. Chan, is there any solution to that situation that you can see? I think... Um I think that is uh, uh, important that uh, we should have uh, interdepartmental uh, collaboration in solving the problems raised in the pandemic. Very often we see only just, uh, say for example, the Department of Health lonely fighting the battle. Say for example, in this situation, in fact, the, um, the, the Department of the Leisure and Activities and then also Transportation has to come into place and they have to solve this problem of transportation inadequacy when people are going to the parks or open air, which is good for the people, for the citizens. But then uh, without the collaborator efforts from the transport department and other departments, uh, and then I think uh, it again create, uh, creates uh, other problems that's not uh, really... Uh, uh, we, we, we seem to be zeroing in again on this issue of coordination because it, it's, it is, of course, at root a, a health problem, but there are so many dimensions. Yes. If you're talking about regulating bus frequency uh, and so on yes. and other issues, it, these, these are quite out with the, the powers of the uh, Secretary for Health and Welfare. Do we need... Do we need a sort of anti-pandemic czar of some sort? Yeah, yeah in fact, I, I suppose, in fact, uh, the uh, chief secretary should be uh, doing that job. Uh, I, I, I guess there must be a coordinated effort, concerted effort with uh, organization. Uh, but then uh, it seems that it's so fragmented uh, in the services. And that's why... Um, uh, a lot of loopholes there, not really loopholes, they are just a fermented service anyway. Um, and I think uh, uh, right now, people are really, de many people are depressed. Uh, the teachers, 85% of them uh, were uh, having a depressive mood. And doctors and nurses are so much stressful. And uh, their mood is also very much down. I already have a colleague, a doctor, who had already committed suicide uh, earlier this month. And uh, I think um, the problems are, uh, well, around us already. So um, the, the mental health of the people uh, needs our, our um, targeted services. And so I encourage people to go to the beaches and go to the parks and have the family activities, but again, also with the social distancing rule uh, regulations, how to conserve the effort and to make people relax and enjoy our holidays. 
and uh, have a balanced life with such stressful <clears throat> atmosphere uh, is really important. So uh, uh, the, the officials who are governing the uh, leisure and uh, activities, they are not in the holidays. They should work hard to see how to uh, ventilate the mood of the population in, in Hong Kong as a whole. So these are all the things that the chief uh, secretary could coordinate and could lead um, the uh, social, uh, civil service in doing so. Of course, uh, uh, the same is for the social welfare department, etc. Um, we, we still don't have the um, diseases related to this COVID-19 as uh, occupational disease yet. Um, but I think that is also necessary. But I, I, I think <clears throat> many, many activities of our government department now seems to be have, uh, relaxed uh, with home office. Um, well, I, I, I must say that uh, with a home office um, uh, practice, many people would not uh, be as productive as when you are really in an office. But that is a new norm now. We have to live with it. But uh, I think the general mood of the population is really a serious matter now. Many people are quite depressed now. Yeah, and and these um, various measures, uh, they do provoke uh, quite a strong reaction uh, among some people. Um, this one uh, from uh, listener Rick. Uh, under the subject headline, locked up for three weeks without fresh air, says um, it's a complete violation of human rights. Where and what is the scientific evidence to enact these draconian measures? We've had quarantine now since March. Please provide all the evidence based upon all people who've been locked up like this. How many people went on to contract the flu? What date or week did they contract it? Yes, I know this pathetic administration does not have the data because they are too stupid, too arrogant to even consider collecting this valuable data set. As for masks, the proof is there if one looks. They are ineffective, at best dangerous. Uh, at the other end of the scale. Hong Kong is finished unless they start to wake up. How long before all the reserves have been depleted? Um, that's from uh, Rick. Um, uh, Joseph Lee, um, uh, yes. what's your reaction to the, the longer quarantine that's now required? Well, obviously that is uh, a right measure to prevent any uh, a contacted person to come back to Hong Kong, and if they inevitably go back to Hong Kong because they're Hong Kong citizens, they have to be quarantined. The program by itself is not a matter. But the way to implement this program, the government seems very inconsistent as far as policy and strategy is concerned. So they make people confused. And as Donald Chen just rightly pointed out, I think there's a lack of strong leadership leading these measures, especially when uh, the government announced that well, the, there should be enough um, hospital uh, hospital capacity, especially the those the hotel provisions will be uh, good enough for most of people. But unfortunately, uh, when uh, they stop um, the, the um, UK uh, the um, UK students coming back to Hong Kong like uh, in, in this long holiday, and that's uh, um, the uh, whole scheme and uh, might be in a chaos. And some of the um, domestic helpers, even that cannot come back, uh, come come to work to Hong Kong because of, of this chaos and this shows a lacking of leadership, and also uh, very uh, uh, 
of who, who is going to in charge in implementing all these measures will be in question. Then uh, the government should be review all this, especially uh, when the crisis is coming out. Okay. Um, well, thank you very much uh, for to both of you uh, for joining the program this morning. That was uh, Doctor. Uh, that was Joseph Lee, who you just heard, who's uh, the former healthcare sector legislator. Um, also, Doctor Alvin, Alvin Chan, who's uh, co-chairman of the advisory committee on communicable diseases at the uh, Hong Kong Medical Association. And before nine o'clock, we heard from um, Arisina Ma, who's president of the Hong Kong Public Doctors Association. Uh, a quick reminder that we're running our back chat uh, person of the year at the moment. You can go to the Radio 3 homepage and have a look there. And, um, vote for your choice, 10 choices. Uh, so we have uh, Peter Choi, veteran of the Battle of Hong Kong in World War II, who died in 2020. Uh, the Funling Golf Course, um, which has been uh, much in the news, of course. Uh, Dr. Chung Shuk Kwan, head of the he Centre for Health Protection's Communicable Diseases Branch who does uh, regular uh, afternoon uh, updates on the coronavirus situation. The unknown cleaners who've kept uh, Hong Kong clean and safe during the year. Professor Benjamin Cowling, uh, epidemiologist at the University of Hong Kong, who's a regular guest on this programme. Um, Apple Daily, the uh, popular newspaper. Uh, David Webb, shareholder, activist and commentator. Chief Executive Carrie Lam, the frontline health workers uh, in Hong Kong who've uh, done such a sterling job this year. And uh, Nabella Kosa, uh, RTHK uh, TV reporter who's uh, also been in the news. OK, um, quick look at the weather. It's going to be uh, mainly fine and dry today. Top temperature about 24 degrees, light to moderate easterly winds uh, becoming fresh offshore. The outlook still mild during the day tomorrow. Um, becoming cold on Wednesday, temperatures will fall to about 8 degrees on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. Um, pretty chilly, Mike. Absolutely. <laughs> but I, we're used to it now. <laughs> right. You know, today is the 48th anniversary of my arrival in Hong Kong. Is that so? Congratulations. Thank you, Thank you very much. Right, I right. haven't got the big 50 yet. I, right. do, I know we have listeners who have the full 50. Right, right, I'm on right, the way. Right, we'll have a big party when we get there. Okay, um, um, now we've got a rather appropriate uh, announcement of public interest coming up. Fight the virus, stay vigilant. If you think you have a higher risk of COVID-19 exposure or experience discomfort, you can collect specimen bottles for free testing from designated public clinics. Meanwhile, the government will arrange free testing for targeted groups. To minimize the risk of community transmission, we should take the initiative to get tested. Together, we must fight the virus. Stay vigilant. Visit coronavirus.gov.hk for details. The new summary with Samantha Butler. Former lawmaker Lam Chok Ting from the Democratic Party has been arrested for allegedly revealing the identity of a person under investigation. A post on his Facebook page says he was arrested by ICAC officers this morning. Republican and Democratic lawmakers in the United States have urged President Trump to sign into law a bipartisan coronavirus relief package. Mr. Trump, who's in Florida, has tweeted that he has good news on the bill but has given no details. And a ban on non-resident foreign nationals entering Japan begins today. It comes after Japan confirmed the first domestically transmitted case of a new, more contagious variant of coronavirus. I'll have more news at 10 o'clock. Thanks, Sam.
and a very good morning to you. It is Morning Brew with James Ross. Here once again for Phil. Thanks very much to Jim and Mike for the last hour of back chat. We are in the land in between, between Christmas and New Year. Is it going to be a quiet week? We will see. It's certainly a busy week on Morning Brew. Mention we tailored, been in a game, player, 